This is D2C Journey. We talk to innovative e-commerce leaders driving the growth of exceptional D2C brands. We dive deep into their stories to bring you powerful perspectives and actionable insights so you can build a more successful e-commerce business. Keep up with us at d2cjourney.com. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Dacia Litova, and my guest this week is Roz Brabner, head of e-commerce at Pi Skincare. Roz is responsible for growing D2C revenue for Pi, as well as bringing the brand story to life through digital channels and aligning the company's offering with their customers' values. Before moving to Pi Skincare, Roz held several roles in the corporate world, giving her a unique approach to growing founder-led e-commerce brands. Roz, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Brilliant. Let's hop right into our first question. How would you describe where you are on your D2C journey right now? I think at Pi specifically, we're in a really interesting place. I think a lot of brands are in a really interesting place because the pandemic has accelerated so much online consumer demand. So we are at a big crossroads, you know, making big decisions about what to focus on next. A lot of what we've seen so far has been really encouraging. And we've seen the website and the e-commerce side of the business become more and more important. But I think uniquely at Pi, D2C was always prioritized. It's those much bigger brands that their journey, I think, is really interesting right now because of what consumers are asking for, as well as the impact of that terrible year 2020. (laughs) Lord knows that we all (laughs) felt that. (laughs) But the thing is, for so many D2C brands, they just exploded, like, I think probably five years of growth in the last year. So speaking of bigger brands, you were e-commerce manager for Ray-Ban in 2018, living in New York and really living that uh, corporate lifestyle. How did that experience shape the way you think about growth at Pi Skincare? Yeah, so I was working for Luxottica and I was there for five years in different capacities. Mm-hmm. I was in the London office for two years and then I moved over to New York. So it was a really interesting time because when I started, I was, I think, one of, of 20 people that were working on Rayban.com and then kind of the, the senior leaders running Rayban.com then absorbed a lot of the other e-commerce functions within the business as well. So I was really able to see and be part of how a large corporate company um, structures e-commerce. We It was also a time where we, um, we took in-house a lot of our marketing. So, you know, we had big agency contracts that we then internalized. So it's, you know, moving from such a huge machine that is Luxottica, that is Ray-Ban to a small brand is obviously, you know, it's a really big transition, but it does give you insight into, you know, what agencies and third parties are capable of, because, you know, those relationships are very different when you've got different budgets. You've got a better idea of processes you know what people are capable of when they're in the right seats as well but also there's you know working at a much smaller company 
the, there are you know huge benefits as well in a much smaller sign-off process and really being able to ensure that important elements of the brand like sustainability we can execute that and execute that quite quickly um the approach obviously in a much bigger company it takes so much longer so tell us a little bit more about pie skincare and the founder sarah brown because it's a fascinating story um yeah so i've i have only been at pie skincare for about a year and a half so I'm definitely not the expert in Pi's background, but the story is super interesting. Um, Sarah Brown's our founder. And Pi was really founded because of Sarah's own issues with skin. She developed a condition called urticaria. It's a lesser known skin condition, but because of that, she had a lot of reactions to the skin products that were on the market. And what she discovered was, you know, a lot of brands that were saying they were natural, they weren't. And it was, she was having a real issue with brands being transparent about their ingredients. Um, so she took things into her own hands and created products for herself um, and teaching herself along the way. So, you know, it, it was a really entrepreneurial start. It was in her garage in West London. And now we're selling a rosehip oil every three minutes. So, it's grown um hugely but it those brands with that kind of emotional personal story they really do capture people's attention and, and so it's a privilege to be able to work with that absolutely and i think that even in the last couple of years people are so much more conscious of products and ingredients and brands being authentic and transparent about every step of their process, not just what ends up on the shelves. So I think that that's what makes Pi so interesting and so powerful in the D2C space is it's really meeting that need that customers aren't getting from the bigger brands. So as you say, now you're shipping every three minutes. <laughs> I mean, just the one product every three minutes. So you guys are obviously growing at a pretty fast clip. Um, so you're currently kind of transitioning from being a small e-commerce business to a medium-sized one. And uh, what do you think that means in terms of where the brand goes and obviously in terms of the bits and pieces of revenue, customers, volumes shipped, all of that is changing for you guys? Yeah, it's a really interesting position to be in because, you know, your costs, as as things grow, your costs surge. All of our agency contracts, you know, are based on our traffic volumes and our sales. So, you know, as as you grow bigger, as do your costs and as, as do the needs on the business. So making sure you've got the right people in the right seats, you know, the right people looking after the right parts of the business you know that recruitment process is super key but I think I think we're in a moment as well where even if that growth wasn't happening you were going to be impacted by the change of the industry so you know the cost the advertising costs are so much more now um, so it is you've really got to steer the ship so to speak when you're going through that process we part of what we've had to do is bring on third-party distributors because it's enabling us to scale in a way that we we're not necessarily able to do ourselves there are added benefits to that as well and we're able to hit 
you know a bit more sustainability um goals that we had so yeah it's a really it's a really interesting place to be and not something that I was exposed to when I was at you know in a more corporate role yeah absolutely I think that um seeing that shift happen in real time must be really interesting almost from an anthropological point of view. Um, And speaking of kind of carrying on hitting those goals with sustainability as you guys are growing, this is more of an abstract question, but I think it's an important one. So what would you say success in e-commerce looks like to you? Because we're really finding that a lot of leaders are, you know, hitting those goals and hitting those even annual goals, but still don't really feel like they're succeeding. How would you define excellence in e-commerce? I mean, what a, what a question that is. Yeah. I mean, it's a brilliant <laughs> no question. Slightly impossible to answer. Um, <laughs> That's it's... why it's a good podcast question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think there's personal success, right? I think that, and then there's, there's the general success. I'm not shy about being a very commercial person. I think that we're only going to achieve the things that we want to achieve if we continue to grow. So consistent year on year growth. And when I'm and I'm specifically talking about traffic, I'm talking about conversion, I'm talking about revenue, your bread and butter mm-hmm. that enables you to to do all of the the other things that you want to do, you know, becoming more sustainable being able to fund and partner with charities that we want to do and creating a really a really great environment for our customers online a hub for the brand i think it's it's really challenging to in some ways in e-commerce because we are getting to the point where it's all been done before and is there an original idea um There are so many moments where I'm like, I've got this amazing idea. This is going to be great. This is going to be revolutionary. And then someone in my team's like, oh, you know, you know, so-and-so does that. I'm like, (laughs) I didn't even know. I didn't even go on their website. I had absolutely no idea. So they ripped off your idea, but out of your head. (laughs) Exactly. I swear to God, I honestly, there's part of me that thinks I've invented Peloton because, you know, five (laughs) years ago, I thought put an iPad on an exercise bike. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that it is interesting and you have to really think about that on a personal level and then work with, you know, your your team and your brand on on what that looks like in terms of revenue. But yeah, um, I think what's amazing about e-commerce and why I like it is you are allowed to fail because we have the tools and we have the technology to quickly learn from all of the actions that we put into place I so I think I think part of succeeding is is failing and I think not being afraid to fail and learning from those you know learning from those failures is you know it's a huge part of of getting where we want to go I'm sure you'll touch on this later but we've launched quite a lot of things this year and to different success so being able to to analyze that and know that in itself is successful because we're we're able to own and know that data inside out to make decisions to go forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is no new idea under the sun, right? And the best we can ever do is just test and learn and test and learn. And I think that that is so important for D2C merchants is really seeing 
failure as inevitable part of success and not as a barrier to success, right? It's an opportunity to learn and it's also challenging yourself to do things that you don't, you know, your natural hunch is going against a little bit because mm-hmm. it's very easy when you're leading something to be like, no, that's not what I feel. That's not what I think. But I'm not, you know, I'm not all of our customers. And actually, it's what it's their opinion that matters most. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea of kind of listening to the customer rather than going on your own mission is something that's so much easier and more accessible when your business is very much online first. So how do you kind of approach listening to your customers, figuring out what they want and not falling into that trap of, oh, like, let's just assume what worked last year is going to work this year? Great question. So I'm absolutely obsessed with our customers. I read I read all of their reviews and we really listen to a lot of what consumers are saying and consumers I don't think I've ever seen consumer opinion change so rapidly um so it, it it's been such a fascinating time to be this close to the customer and and their feedback and we have also positioned our brand in a way where they know that we listen to them. So that's also created a different community and a different dynamic with our customers. Um, I think that it's it it nobody is too senior to to you know to not just stop what you're doing and listen to what a customer's feedback is. We also have online consultations. So um, I'm responsible for the consultation team. And we so we're actively talking to our customers every day. That is healthy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we are, so, you know, the consultants are about them. It's about their skin. You know, in, in those conversations, we can obviously ask them how they found out about us what what they're interested in so we do have a really good idea of of who who she is um Mm. and we we are building you know we are building around her awesome and you mentioned that you're seeing that consumer kind of opinion and behavior shift really rapidly obviously Mm. you started with pie mid 2020 (laughs) right in the middle of it so um You've seen some pretty huge shifts. Do you want to talk about um, what those shifts that you've seen are in terms of like the nitty gritty and what are the tactics that we're using to kind of adapt to those changes of opinion? I think. Sorry, two barrel question. Two big questions. (laughs) Um, Two. And, I, you know, I don't know if this translates a lot into other industries, but what's been really interesting to see from our customers is how important sustainability is to them and how vocal they are about things that they like and what they don't like. You know, we're in the beauty industry and beauty industry is so, you know, has been sampling products for many years. And we've just started to see a little bit of a shift on that because, you know, we've had customers saying, actually that's not the most sustainable way to do things you don't even get you know enough product to to make those decisions so we are it's been really it's been really amazing actually to see to see this kind of feedback come through and then it's for us to to sit down and and figure out what we're going to do with it but I would say sustainability is a is a real key area that has ramped up 
with kind of the comments that we see across social and in our reviews and what come directly through to us as well. Yeah. And I think it also really shows that your customer is maturing because, I mean, choosing sustainability over a free thing, that's... (laughs) I know. That's not something you do when you're 18, you know? So I think that that really does show how... I think even our generation, like millennials in general, are really starting to see sustainability and kind of ethical practices from brands as something that's a huge priority. And to shift over to, okay, we're not going to be sending out as many samples because we're hearing you say that is building more brand loyalty than any sale or discount can. Honestly, you know, it's fascinating to watch and we learn from our customers all the time. Obviously, they're not all the same and they've got very different opinions. So to a big challenge for us is, you know, on the D2C side is to cater for all those different wants and needs because it, you know, it really isn't one size fits all. And because of the brand that we are, where the fact that we are accredited organic, we are ethical, we are vegan, but we're also, we, we came, our background was in sensitive skin. We're actually tapping into a couple of different you know, cohorts of customers there. And perhaps a sensitive skin customer wants something different to the sustainable vegan customer. So we have, we do, you know, we do have to do a lot of listening. Absolutely. And we do have to make decisions, um, you know, based on all of the different needs. So we are customer centric. We are, we're especially customer centric in D2C. And that is because we've got the tools to be. And it's an exciting place to be. You don't get to be this customer centric in a corporate environment. Yeah. And it ends up being better for your bottom line because when people feel listened to, I mean, what else could you want as a customer besides, I don't know, cheaper stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So you're talking about the tactics that you're using for listening and having that kind of personal connection with your customers. Um, I know you guys have been doing some live shopping events. Do you want to talk us through about that and what impact it's had? Yeah, live shopping has been the big bet that we that we invested in this year for D2C. It wasn't a big risk for us. I think for other businesses, it could potentially be a bit of a risk. But I, I say that because our CEO is our founder and she can um, talk the talk. She's a great host. And then, as I mentioned, we also have consultants in the business. We call them skin coaches. So every day they're talking to customers on Zoom. So they have the skill set to host a live show. And obviously, you know, we do Instagram's a really big part of our community. So we've already working a lot with video as it was so we've partnered with a company called Bambusa to provide live shopping and we tend to do them every two weeks we have tested doing a live show doing pre-recorded show and the other thing I should mention is that we have a couple of people in the business that know our products absolutely inside out so they're also able to be in a fantastic moderator Again, going back to your previous question about listening to customers, we get a lot of questions come through on these live shows. So they are they do end up being very interactive and we do have the skill set in the team to be able to answer those questions. 
I always feel a bit sorry for Katia, who's normally our moderator, because <laughs> she's she's come off of those live shows before and she's needed a lie, a lie down because we just get <laughs> fired so many questions and she's, mm. you know, tapping away to reply. Yeah, live community management of a, an event that size. I, I've been there, listen. <laughs> she, she doesn't just need a lie down, she needs a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but it's, mm. it's amazing as well because it's an opportunity for us to really showcase our authority and what we do. Mm. You know, there's a lot of choice out there. There's a lot of beauty brands, but it's giving us a technology to, you know, we're showing up live and we're having these conversations with you live. We're not going away and checking with a scientist or a chemist. We we already know our stuff and we're able to do that. Um, so it has it's been really interesting and we've had a few technical glitches along the way. You know, we had a, a show recently where this we had to sort of ramp up the sound about five minutes into the show um but it's we've got people that can navigate that and I think if you're interested in going into live shopping you have to focus on progression not perfection it is not going to be perfect it's not meant to be perfect it's meant to give your customers a real insight into your brand and what you do and it's you know the thing that I love about it is that it you know, it brings it brings your products to life. It marries them in store versus online because you can in in a video you can obviously see the texture, you can see how it's applied on the skin. So it is breaking down those barriers that you've got when you're shopping through a screen. Yeah, and the way you mention um, progress, not perfection, is. Actually, to me, just as a consumer, it's so much more interesting to watch a live event and to, first of all, you get to participate, but also you just, it's so much more intimate because you see people being human and maybe stumbling over their words or, you know, like the sound is off or someone drops something and (laughs) it's like you're, you know, going through that experience with them. You're part of it. Yes. Rather than just seeing a broadcast like you would on a TV screen. So leading from having that much authority with your customers. Pie Skincare has really got sustainability as well baked into the brand DNA. And um, I, we saw recently you guys have been uh, named the best organic brand in the Marie Claire Sustainability Awards. I mean, you guys are winning awards left and right, so I'm sure it's tough to keep up. But <laughs> We have had an award-winning, award-winning year. We've had the most awards <laughs> this year than we've <laughs> had before. So Queens of awards. It, yeah, it's it's been a good year for that. Um, mm. In terms of sustainability, we and our efficacy, we get accredited. And this is something Sarah is super passionate about. We we don't just say that we are sustainable. We don't just say that these are, you know, vegan ingredients. We go to the right bodies and we pay and we go and we get accredited. And this is what Sarah is looking to the industry to for for everybody to do because mm-hmm. it's it's really important. You can't just you know go around saying natural or green. You need to show show up and. You know, one of the things that we're on the journey of at the moment is trying to become a B Corp company. It's a very complicated process, but it's something that we're very passionate about. So um, marrying, you know, and in my role and for the other, you know, e-commerce leaders listening to this, it's it it's interesting, you know, because I've got high targets. I've got 
revenue that I need to bring in but I also need to balance all of these these brand needs and that and that is circled around the sustainability element and you're in such a competitive market as well I mean hello skincare (laughs) not exactly a super tight niche that no one else is playing in so how are you communicating that sustainable mission to your audience it's everything that we do you know it's about it's it's on the website and then we talk a lot about it in social and in our newsletters we've got over a hundred thousand followers on instagram and that's kind of a a big port of call where we where we communicate with our customers um and in also in our live shows and sarah's sarah's a huge champion of it she she does lots of panel talks about it as well because it is it's tough for small brands to invest a lot in that side of things because it's expensive to do so but it's part of who we are and what we believe in and then we're always challenging ourselves to do better so you know we're we're having gone through all the third parties for distribution you know that's that's also being a big consideration as well is a sustainability element yeah and the challenge of having that sustainability mission as you're growing and growing in a competitive industry and taking on these third parties where your margins are getting smaller, it really does mean that it has to be at the core of the business for it to still matter. So let's talk about performance. E-commerce brands who get the best results are constantly testing ideas, measuring results, executing changes. So what's your approach to test and learn in this space? I'm a huge advocate for test and learn, as I think everybody should be. If you've got the data, you've got the the platforms to be able to measure things, it's important to test things out. We would, um, if we're going into a testing situation, we would have quite rigid KPIs to begin with to know, you know, what's the impact of that. Um, so it's, yeah, test and learn is is really key to a lot of what we're doing, all of the optimizations that we have on the site. We do use our dev agency, Full Fat, a lot for this, this part of what we're doing as well. And we involve our, our partners in, you know, what are our goals? What are we trying to achieve here? And what are the results? And I think it's really key to be really transparent about that from, with everybody even people that you're working with that might just have an execution role because it gives them a better a better idea of what the mission is um and also you know to be open minded so if i take live shopping as an example not every single live show has been you know has made us lots of money not all of them have you know have felt successful as they go out but then what we have been testing is okay so how do we edit this content and then where do we then put this content on the product page um is moving it here right is sending the email you know this the right thing to do so having a constant test and learn approach is I think it's absolutely key to being successful and what I've learned in my 13 years working in e-commerce is you know often it's the really small things that make the big biggest difference I remember at Ray-Ban just changing where we put free shipping on the site had you know increased conversion by by so much so it's 
yeah it's it's really worthwhile doing it and there's lots of different tools that you can use as well we work with yieldify in some capacity but we're also able to do a lot of it ourselves. yeah it's always about optimizing so speaking of optimizing and getting fun new ideas are there any d2c brands that you've been inspired by or even a little jealous of lately um, my go-to favorite brand, and this is where I've become a real e-commerce geek, actually, because I tweet them a lot, is <laughs> Bloom and Wild, so the flower company. I think they absolutely get their customer. And what I really, what I'm really inspired by them is because when you work in this sector, you know, discounts are so frowned upon. And Bloom and Wild, I don't think I've ever shot with them without them giving me a discount yet I don't consider them to be a discounty brand at all so I really love what they do I love what they stand for they really see that understand their customer and then there's also brands like not D2C but Everlane who have stores as well but they have a really amazing digital approach they're also they give the customer the opportunity to offset their emissions from their order at checkout they also, because I, when I was living in New York, I would go into the store and they had this, just this great concept where you would put, you would go into a digital queue for the changing room. So if it was super busy, they would take the clothes from you and then you would put your information in an iPad and then you'd get a text message. So they're collecting your data and and enabling you to then browse more products as you're waiting to go into the changing room. And I just thought that was absolutely genius. That is genius. (laughs) I'm actually mad that I didn't think of that. (laughs) That is genius. Yeah, like those little interactions make such a huge difference. Um, and that's the thing. When someone's excited to give you their contact information, <laughs> that's when you know you're doing something right as a brand. Absolutely. Speaking of doing things right as a brand, what moment would you say you're most proud of in your D2C journey with Pi Skincare? I think there's been two two big moments for us as a, as a team within the business. And that was Cyber Week last year it was a really exciting time. It was it was you know, a a brilliant time for us commercially, but it was also an opportunity to acquire a lot of new customers and and get Pi out there as a as a brand name. And then also I think launching live shopping in May, it's become a really big part of what we do online and how we're known. And it's been great to get lots of people through to our consultation service and saying oh you know we we felt we feel comfortable because we've seen you on a live show so we feel like we know you and that's that feels really really good because you know there's there could be customers or women out there that you know their confidence is low their skin isn't where they want it to be and we've been able to break down those barriers to get them into to a consultation because we are you know we're doing live shows and we're showing them who we are that's amazing that is always such a good moment when that human connection happens through what you're doing as a brand that's awesome yeah and I have to say um you know it, for me it's been it's been great because my team are especially skilled you know I've got a really good team around me of really really clever people and 
I think that's so revolutionary when you're when you're leading a department is to is to think to yourself okay I know you know I know they've got this and it's not to say I've not worked with very clever people before but it it does feel like it's on another level of pie. Oh that's a really good feeling. So one final question since we've been talking so much about journeys what is your number one travel destination? Um I had the best time when I went to Jamaica so potentially Jamaica but because I I moved I left New York in the pandemic for this job at Pi so I was living in New York for three years and then I moved back at the end of May 2020 I if you know my next my next flight has to be has to be to back to New York to see all my friends Oh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like everyone's starting to plan that first flight. It's a really exciting time. I love it. But yeah, thank you so much, Roz, for being on D2C Journey. Thank you so much. Great. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and learning a bit more about your approach. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Dacia Lutova, and see you next time.